0: Anyone who has watched a medical news segment or picked up a copy of the New York Times in the last month has undoubtedly come across a story involving a hospital robot system. Jetsons and Star Wars jokes aside, hospitals across the country are reaping the benefits of these high-tech devices. Loyola University Hospital has implemented an automated pharmacy management system using the PillPick robotic system from Swisslog Healthcare Solutions. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Richard Ricker, the Administrative Director of Loyola's Pharmacy Department. And we're going to discuss their new pharmacy robot and their experience with an automated pharmacy application. Rich, welcome to the show. Oh,
1: well, Thank you, doctor, for having me on today.
0: So do we need pharmacists anymore?
1: I think there's still a place for pharmacists, but I think we're going to position them somewhere differently. All
0: right. So tell me a little bit about how the pharmacy robot actually works.
1: Okay. And the time I've been here at the Loyola, when I first came here, I realized that you know automation was required for the future success of our program and started looking at many of the robotic systems out there and automated systems. And for those of you that may not know about Loyola, we're basically a 550-bed critical care facility and the hospital was founded back in the early 60s, and it's been a manual system for drug distribution since those days. We have 12 ICUs here, highest case mix index in the state of Illinois, and you know, 99% of the medication was coming from our central operations, which was not very efficient. With the implementation of our clinical information system, EPIC, things really changed here back in 2005. And the automation plan that I had was built around that. EPIC allows for physician order entry. We have a, you know, CPOE system. The physicians do initiate all orders here. So the automation that we started developing back in 2004 was built around EPIC as the primary driver in the whole process. And like I say, the reason we decided on SwissLog system the Swiss log appeared to give us a lot of flexibility, and actually the way this works, just to give you a little background on the robot itself, how it's structured, there's several features to the robotic system. One section has to do with actually repackaging oral tablets and capsules, providing a barcode for those. It does also vials, ampules, syringes. It can overwrap even larger tubes and ointments and eye drops, eardrops, drops, a variety of things, or liquids even. It can overwrap and provide a barcode on there It's really a it's a linear barcode, but it provides all the information that a manufacturer would provide as far as the specific NDC identifying that drug, and also the lot number, the expiration you know date on the medication. So from the beginning, you know, providing that kind of repackaging really gave us a good baseline or foundation for moving ahead. With a, a system that would actually dispense medication that could be used in a, our traditional, initially a traditional 24-hour unit dose cart fill.
0: Rich, are there any medicines or prescriptions that the robot is not allowed to dispense?
1: Basically, the robot does not dispense any controlled substances.
0: Have you had a problem with addiction with the robots? You know, the robots getting hooked on the Vicodin and having to replace <laughs> them or put them in robot rehab?
1: No, n- we haven't had any problem with that yet.
0: Okay, just wait. <laughs> so they can't do controlled substances. Why is that?
1: It's uh, Just from the tracking system, you know, with the Swiss log system, we also start using the PIXIS automatic dispensing cabinets in all the patient care units. So with that, we implemented C2Safe, which is the controlled substance feature. So we still can use the robot to repackage controlled substances, but we have to do that as a, a subset workflow so they're not stored in the drug nest. And the drug nest is the storage facility within the robot. It can handle up to 44,000 doses. So what we try to do is just maximize what's in there for the 80-20 rule. You know, we try to maximize what's being used in the floor. But we can set aside times for repackaging of things that will not be stored in the drug nest. Attached to the robot is something called a box picker. That's the inventory management system. That's basically a 8-foot wide, 28-foot long container with a robotic arm in there that really manages our inventory. So in there we can store bulk medication. In addition, we can unit dose anything that we've repackaged and store that in there also. But like I say, for the controlled substances, we by design do not store those in the uh, drug nest and dispense that from the robot. That's dispensed right through the PIXIS system.
0: Does this robot walk around the halls? I mean, if you're at Loyola, will you see this robot moving down the halls, or does it just go at certain times of night, or just send out things through tubes?
1: Actually, we use a pneumatic tube. This robot is part of the translogic system. They are set up; they make the pneumatic tube systems. So a lot of the first doses that come out of the robot that's sent in pixels will be tubed out. So we're trying to utilize our PIXIS system for about ninety percent of the medications that are administered to patients at the hospital. The ten percent to fifteen percent that's not that's manual fill need to be tubed up or will have to be hand delivered. We don't have any robotics, you know, going through the facility, although I know those are available.
0: Rich, what kind of feedback mechanisms are provided so that you actually know the robot dispensed the proper drug?
1: There's a whole process up front, the day-to-day operations where we add drugs to the robot. They make use of canisters, like a medication will come in through our inventory area. say 1,000 tablets of something, and there's an NDC association process that really basically means that when a pharmacy tech initially takes that bottle medication and starts to associate that medication with what is in the database for the robot, so they put in the NDC, they put in the lot number, the expiration number, number of tablets. And then a pharmacist will come along and double-check all that, and all that has to match. They do it blindly. They use two different terminals, so a tech will use one, a pharmacist will use another one later on, and all the information has to match up or else the robot won't accept it. So when that happens, it starts creating barcodes for this canister, and then the canisters are set on a shelf. When we do go to repackage or enter something into the drug nest, when the robot tells us that, then we scan the barcodes, and that's a linear barcode, and it has to match with the database, with the manufacturer's information. And then there's many multiple verification processes inside the robot, making use visually, weight-based, and also with the barcodes to verify that the medication is correct that's being stored in the robot.
0: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Business of Medicine and ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskel. My guest today is Richard Ricker, the Administrative Director of Loyola's Pharmacy Department. We're talking about a new pharmacy robot they have called the Pilpik Rich, how are you doing on errors? I've I know that humans don't do very well with medications and we I think we're responsible for 30% of malpractice claims. Does this new system Minimize errors and has it had an impact on accidents or errors in the hospital?
1: Actually, at this point, we do see a reduction in actual dispensing errors. You know, it's kind of interesting, even as we were going through the installation of the robot, you know, the one key piece I touched on earlier had to do with the NDC Association piece. And as you well know, and I'm sure many of you listeners know, medication comes in so many different dosage forms now. You have sustained release, extended release, XL, you know, there's all kinds of Formula, you know, manufactured name nomenclature that's used to identify medication to, you know, depending on its sustained release properties. And one thing we realized even with the NDC Association that we had a lot of our pharmacists and techs that didn't realize the difference on many of these. So it led me to believe that even under a manual system, many of these medications were getting to the floor. Because it was supposed to be an extended release product, and they may have dispensed a sustained release, and nobody caught that. the robot catches that now, even at that initial process, if it doesn 't match what 's in the database, it kicks it out and will not accept it so i can't you know I find it hard to believe that our between our pharmacy techs and pharmacists that they who are supposed to be the experts in drug medication didn't even understand sometimes the difference or catch the difference between manufacturer products. So it led me to believe that there were a lot of errors going on, even in the manual system, that nobody caught and were probably administered to patients. And we'll probably never get a real good handle on that at
0: all. Well, once the robot catches an error and overrides it, I assume it has to notify the physician that this was ordered incorrectly and asks the physician to reorder it. Isn't there a time lag there to even get a hold of the physician?
1: It's kind of interesting because, like I say, initially, our Epic Clinical Information System is really driving this whole process, which is a CPOE system, so it's the physician order entry. Our pharmacist, upon verification, would catch many of those errors. That information doesn't get transferred over to the robot until it gets through that process. By the time it does get to the robot, though, The robot will not be able to check any kind of prescribing errors. All it's really focused on is dispensing part of the process.
0: Has Loyola been able to cut back on pharmacy staff?
1: Actually, it's an interesting point because I think a lot of people feel that that's what's going to happen. But actually what we're doing here is probably in parallel with a lot of facilities. What we're trying to do now is develop a new patient-centric model where we're decentralizing our pharmacists, getting them into the units, working with physicians and the teams up there, right in direct patient care. So we're actually redeploying people. We're not really reducing staff at all. In fact, actually, I'm looking to expand our staff, even with ro- robotics, because of the impact I feel pharmacists have been shown to have on the units if they're actively involved in patient care.
0: Do you know if any of the commercial pharmacies are using this technology, like Walgreens, CVS?
1: They have different variations for dispensing medication. Nothing similar to this. There are a few products out there that touch on the whole idea of like a An ATM type base. There's a company called InstiMeds, which really has more of a kiosk.
0: Yeah, I think you can actually put those in a doctor's office.
1: Exactly. And a lot of hospitals in rural settings are starting to use those where there isn't access to a 24 hour pharmacy. And they're actually, you know, a physician would actually enter a prescription into their computer and it gets dispensed from the robot in the emergency department, and it actually adjudicates all the insurance information online, too. So I think you're seeing a move in many of the rural areas to something like that.
0: Let's talk nuts and bolts, no pun intended. How often does the machine break down? What kind of maintenance is, is required?
1: Initially, obviously, there were, there were a lot of problems when we started, especially going for a manual system. It was down quite a bit. But now, over time now, we have our own person from Swiss Log that's here on site five days a week and on call 24-7. We have super users for Swiss Log that now, learning curve, they've, they've reached. And we have minimal downtime now that's not planned for some sort of upgrade. It's been very reliable.
0: How much does one of these puppies cost?
1: The robot itself is, was initial investment about one point five million.
0: And what kind of ROI do they tell you you can recoup?
1: Well, the ROI, a lot of it's based on some soft numbers. That's really the focal point, and that's what I used here. And it was a safety focus. You know, even if you look at the malpractice suits, you know, anything that can keep us out of court and reduce our exposure to litigation is, you know, you can't put a dollar on that, really. And then the other thing that this does is provide a foundation for us to do bedside barcoded scanning where the administration piece of the loop will be taken care of. You know, with EPIC, with our CPOE system, we've taken care of the prescribing piece of it. With our SwissLock robotic and PIXIS systems, we've taken care of the dispensing piece. The last piece in the loop now is the administration, so now we're moving now. We have a proposal that's going forward to our senior leadership here now for a bedside scan. So all medication would be bed, uh, scanned at bedside prior to administration. And that's really where you have a further impact on
0: patient safety. Does a hospital your size need more than one robot?
1: No. no this is One uh, robot's met our needs totally. We've really streamlined our operations. We're still in the process of implementing a lot of the Pixis unit. Our, our, a lot of our units won't be fully installed yet until the end of this year. So we're right in the middle of a phase right now. But we're doing something unique with Swisslog. We're actually would be the first site in the country that uses a robot to actually replenish PIXIS units. Then the other feature there is the whole PAR-X system. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but after incidents like what happened at Methodist or Cedar sinai where medication was put into uh, Pixis units incorrectly, the PAR-X system is, utilizes barcoding systems so that you can barcode the medication on the bag and then also on the drawer on the Pixis unit, verifying that those are the correct medication and before they're in, you know actually placed in there and replenished.
0: Richard Ricker, Administrator Director of Loyola's Pharmacy Department. Thank you very much for talking with me today.
1: Oh, it's been a real pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you've been listening to the Business of Medicine on ReachMD. To comment or listen to our full library of on-demand podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com. And thanks for listening. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals.